Let's pray um, before we hear from God's word. Father God, by your Holy Spirit, come to us that we may that you may speak to us through your word, that you may enlighten our hearts. In Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So we are continuing our series on what it means for us to be people of the Spirit. Last week, Laurie, another ordinand, uh, gave us a brilliant overview of the work of the Spirit. But today we're going to focus on one aspect of the Spirit's work. That the church, us, we are empowered by the Spirit to be co-workers in God's building of his church and of his kingdom in this world. So, I want us to ask it this morning, what it's like to have something half finished, half done. Anyone who's had renovations for their house or is a builder will know what this feels like. Um, the show Grand Designs is not a show I like very much. It's all right if you like it, but I'm, it's not my biggest, uh, it's not my favorite TV program because it's very predictable. Uh, it always goes the same way. There is hope at the beginning of the project, but eventually the time the house is predicted to be built gets longer and longer. More problems arise, which means that it begins to cost more and more, and it often becomes uh, difficult to juggle family commitments, work commitments, and building commitments. Um, there's often strain. Almost everyone on the show experiences a, a point in the middle of the project where they feel like they can't go on. And this is kind of where the Israelites are uh, at the time of Zechariah. So the Jewish exiles in Babylon have returned. They've been freed by God uh, to return to Jerusalem, to rebuild the temple where God will dwell, um, and also the city. But fast forward 20 years later, the temple building has begun, but only the foundations are built. People have become tired Enthusiasm is low. So what is God saying to his people at this time of low morale? Well, God sends a prophet, Zechariah, who receives many visions from the Lord. Um, and in this vision that we will hear from today, the angel speaks to him predicting the, the ending of the building project, the culmination of the building project. Now, often these uh, visions are quite hard to interpret. There's a lot of imagery. Um, so I want to, to invite you to particularly focus on, when we read this passage, what God's saying about um, the building, uh, that, the construction of the temple. And particularly pay attention to verse 6, which I think is the key verse to understanding um, where the strength comes from. So if you have a, um, a Bible or a, um, I think it will come up on the screens, Zechariah 4, verses 1 to 10. Zechariah says, Then the angel who talked with me returned and woke me up, like someone awakened from sleep. He asked me, What do you see? I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl on, at the top and seven lamps on it with seven channels to the lamps. Also, there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. 
I asked the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? He answered, do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I replied. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, the king. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, the king, you will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone, the final stone, to shouts of God bless it. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Who dares despise the day of small things since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone, that's the final stone on the temple, in the hands of Zerubbabel. Thank you, God, for your word to us. Let's, let's look at that verse 9. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. This is a vital encouragement. Zechariah says to the king, Look, the task that you begun 20 years ago, the building project that has, has become really difficult, it will be finished by your own hands. But how will this new strength to finish what was started come to the people of Israel? And I mentioned, as I mentioned before, I think verse 6 is the key to this passage. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. The courage, the strength, and the energy comes from God's spirit. Zerubbabel is called to rely on God's strength and not his own human capacity, his own human strength. And this becomes, in a sense, the motto of the people of Israel, rebuilding the kingdom that they have been taken back to, not by might, not by power, but by God's Spirit. So what does this have to do with us as the church? Well, although we don't actually have any scaffolding up at the moment, according to the Apostle Paul, we too are in the middle of a building project. God is building a holy place for his dwelling, made not of bricks, but of living stones, his people, his church. God is building his church, and we are co-workers in God's building project. Here is what Paul says considering his own ministry in planting a church in Corinth. This is from 1 Corinthians 3, from verse 9. We are God's fellow workers, and the church is God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. God is building his church through Paul, through the apostles, 
through those who come after him. And Jesus Christ is the foundation. But how do we not lose heart in the midst of this cosmic building project where God is gathering his people and building them into a holy place, a temple, a place where God will dwell? Well, if we look at that verse 6, we, we know the answer already. The church is built not by power, not by might, but by God's spirit. Not by our own human capacity, but by God's strength. We rely on the Holy Spirit to lead, strengthen, and guide. But this is easier said than done. Let's be honest, we don't say this before we do everything. We don't say, I'm not going to do this in my own strength, I'm actually going to do this by the Holy Spirit. We don't say this before we're going to, how am I going to finish this essay? You know, not by might, not by power, but by God's Spirit. I often don't say that. Um, how am I going to look after my family? How are we going to step into everything that Jesus has for us as a church? We often try and do it for our own strength rather than through God's Spirit. So what do we need to have in place to be truly reliant on God's Spirit? Well, I, I think we need time. I think we need time set aside to wait on the Holy Spirit. I think waiting is the key. We need to be a church who waits for God's to move. We need time set aside to not get ahead of ourselves we are always tempted to rush on ahead in our own strength, our own power, our own might, rather than waiting and letting the Holy Spirit go on before us. We as a church need to wait for God to act and then join in with his action. I want to tell you a little bit about my own story of uh, feeling called to uh, ordination. So when I came to the end of my A-levels, uh, of which I didn't do very well at, uh, without a clue where to go and what to do, I could have done what everyone else did at my school, pick a course, and rush off to university. But I realized that that would have not been right for me. Instead, I took a year out, a gap year, if you will. And during that year where I worked in the church in Southampton, of all places, um, I prayed and I asked the Holy Spirit, to put me on the right path. God, through that year, taught me to pray. I wasn't praying a lot before then, but God taught me to pray and rely on his Holy Spirit. And over the course of the year, and, and actually the next few years, it wasn't a very quick process, um, God answered me. It didn't come at once. Uh, what God did was provide the next steps for me. He called me to London uh, to live at, in a community which prayed every day and a church which would allow me to start to lead different things. And only after this praying and waiting on the Holy Spirit for about three years was I able to discern my calling to ministry. God put me on the right path because I waited for him to call. So how do we rely on the Holy Spirit? We wait for him to make the first move. He initiates, and then we cooperate. We often like it the other way around. We want to initiate what we think is best, and we want God's blessing on that thing. 
We want him to cooperate with us. But it's not like that. We don't see that in, in Zechariah's uh, time. The Holy Spirit initiates the project, and then we are called to co- cooperate with him. And often it takes longer than we would hope for. We like things to be done quickly and simply. Being reliant on him brings glory, and not rushing off ahead, brings glory to his name because it's not our strength, it's God's strength. What is being done in us couldn't simply be done in, in our own strength. We have to pause before we rush ahead, like I could have done when rushing ahead to university. We need to wait for the Spirit to make the first move and follow his lead. So I want to encourage you to wait on the Spirit as individuals, yes, but also as families and households, and potentially even as a church, even as Barnabas communities, just to stop, maybe do this in your own households. Wait on the Spirit. Maybe notice what he's doing. But how do we know when the Holy Spirit is speaking? Um, This is a key question. How do we discern what God's saying? Well, I want to give you a sort of metaphor that might help, that I found helpful. Um, it's sort of a, so we often have tunnel vision. We often have our own ideas of what we should be doing and what God may be calling us to do. I think when we wait on the Spirit, that, that tunnel vision starts to be widened. The scales sort of are, are taken from our eyes, and we see clearly, and we potentially notice new possibilities new things that God could be doing that we hadn't noticed, new ways to do things that we hadn't noticed. And these things will always be true to Scripture. It will always be true to the Word. It won't be, the Spirit will never call us to do anything contrary to the Word. So in that sense, um, When we rely on the Spirit, things start to get quite interesting because we notice these new possibilities. The Spirit does some pretty unexpected things and has done some pretty unexpected things in the life of the church. The, author, the authors of the New Testament make clear that to live and be moved by the Spirit's guidance is to open oneself to the most unguessable options. I like to imagine Zerubbabel as, a, as an old man um, after those 20 years of, of being king of Israel, thinking, oh my goodness, how could I possibly build this temple? But God surprises him and says, look, here's an image of you putting the final stone on the top of the temple. I imagine he hadn't even considered that was possible. Maybe it would have been his son or some, uh, someone else who, who does that. But the Lord surprises him. Um, the fact that the Spirit led me to meet my wife when I was joining a Franciscan community was one of those unguessable options that came about when I followed him when I went to, to London. One of the reasons I was going to join a Franciscan community was to consider a calling to become a celibate friar. So imagine my surprise. Um, I didn't expect to find in that place the woman I would marry. The Spirit had different plans. Spirit plans are sometimes very surprising. So to be open to these surprises, again, we need to pause. 
We need to wait. Stop doing the things we would normally do in our own strength. Even perhaps stop thinking in the way we normally think, think, think things will turn out because God is potentially doing a new thing and he may guide us to unexpected places. The Spirit is the one guiding this building project, the building up of a holy place where God inhabits his church. But actually, the church in this world, um, the building up of the church in this world is actually not the final destination. The destination is when God's kingdom is fully realized on earth and in heaven. Wherever strange place the Spirit may take us on the way to that destination, the destination is the same. And that destination is the final enthronement of Jesus Christ and God being all in all. We know ultimately where we are going and so we can trust the strange path which the Spirit may move us in to get there. So let us rely on God's Spirit, waiting for His movement before rushing ahead, being open to the possibilities that he could be guiding to us to, trusting that the final destination is the glorious enthronement of God, who will be all in all, and all will be one. Amen. I want us, uh, I invite us to um, participate in this sort of practice this morning. So we're going to take a few moments now, a few minutes, um, just to wait on the Holy Spirit, to allow him to speak to us in potentially unexpected ways. So we're going to just have a time of not, not speaking, not bringing our own agenda, but we're going to just wait on the Holy Spirit. So um, some people may be used to it, uh, this, some people may not, but um, if you'd find it helpful, uh, sometimes I like to close my eyes, sometimes I like to have my hands out like this. Um, and then just to pray, and, and, and if you find it helpful, just to repeat the prayer, come Holy Spirit. Um, but yeah, we're going to wait on the Spirit. So let us pray. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your people and kindle in us the fire of your love. Come Holy Spirit and guide us um, into potentially unexpected paths. Come, Holy Spirit, let us pray. So, Holy Spirit, thank you for leading your church throughout the ages. Lord, we ask you to lead us now. May we not uh, be reliant on our own strength, but on your spirit to strengthen us. In Jesus' name, amen.